What's up, everyone? My name is Joshua, and I welcome you to another broadcast. Today, we have something really fun that I found in my Bible on Sunday, Psalm 68, 13. And uh, we're going to get into a message about that. And as I've said before, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a minister. I love the Lord. I think the Bible is the greatest book ever written, but at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's the literal word of God or anything like that. But I will say without a shadow of a doubt, that book helps me get to know God, helps me get to know myself and every principle in it for the most part has played a massive role in my rehabilitation and the fact that I get to live the life that I live today. I give great credit to that book. There's no other book that I could give that kind of credit to. The second best book I've ever read or ever, <laughs> ever read was Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen. I think it's Lada Connie from mindvalley.com. Second best book I've ever written, even though that book kind of mocks religion and the Bible and all that stuff, but that's okay because I do too. That said, I love Bible and uh, Every version I read of it, even when it's different, I still love it because with the Holy Spirit, it points to truth. And I don't believe that we have any sense at all without the Holy Spirit, because everything around us is meant to make us make a choice. Everything around us, it seems that it's telling us what to think, what to believe, how to act, how to be, what's right, what's wrong. And all of that, and it gets confusing because some of the people that, some of the people that are telling us these things, we've had installed and ingrained in us since our very beginning that we should trust these people. And even after knowing that they've lied, even after knowing that they misrepresented the truth, why we forgive the people in power, but yet we don't forgive the people closest to us, blows my mind. We hold resentments in anger and rage toward people we don't even know. But based on their beliefs, who they love, what they do, what they decide to do with their body or not, we put them in a box and judge them, regardless of what your beliefs are. But yet the people that are setting the stage for this to happen, the very people that are pulling those strings to make us go at each other lie to us all the time. And even when we catch them, even when we catch them, we don't care. We make excuses for them. We justify the fact that they lied and the science changed. Does it change every week? No, it doesn't. I'm already fired up. Probably a good thing I'm not on social media anymore because I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth today, but I am fired up about this. I'm fired up because for two days I've been sitting on this, what I read in the Bible, and then I'm like, oh, boy, this just speaks to me. And I was ready to broadcast yesterday, but I waited. I waited. So now today I'm full of piss and vinegar because I'm just dumbfounded what's going on. I, there's people that are choosing sides between is Twitter good, Twitter bad, is Elon good, is Elon bad, and not understanding that even that conversation of is or bad, Elon good or bad, is Trump good or bad, is whatever, like all these conversations, they're there to distract you from the truth. They're there to distract you from the internal voice known as the Holy Spirit that guides you and tells you what's really true and what isn't. It's all a distraction from the only thing that is true. The only thing that is pure is the Spirit inside you. And when you think, where's the Holy Spirit's not in me? I will tell you this. I don't believe that the Holy Spirit wants to sit in a toxic host body. I don't believe that when you're full of anger and rage and alcohol and drugs and sex from people you don't know and all that other stuff, I believe that it makes hearing the word of God's voice, the Holy Spirit, it, may, it, it has this way of drowning out that. 
to the point that you don't know really if you're one, if you're hearing anything at all. And if you are hearing something, is this the voice that you can trust? Now, I don't have this figured out. Okay. I'm not, I don't think the Bible's clear about it. I know there's a lot of beliefs, a lot of different beliefs and all that. And the fact is this, I don't have the facts, meaning that I can't tell you the difference between the Holy Spirit and the spirit that, that, that same spirit that was giving you your gifts and talents before you accepted Jesus, if you even have, because we all have gifts and talents. We all have extraordinary gifts that we were born with. I had mine before I accepted Jesus. I, now, mind you, I was using it for bad things, but now that I have Jesus and I've had Jesus in my heart for six, seven years now, I've had the Holy Spirit, been baptized by fire, which that's a whole other conversation. But I can honestly say to you, the gifts that I have are the same I had before Jesus. So. Is the Holy Spirit the same spirit, just being fed good stuff instead of bad? Is that how it works? Maybe. I don't know. I am the person that believes that the Garden of Eden is in your brain. I believe it's a physical place too, but I also believe that it's in our brain. And there's a lot of evidence that could definitely prove that or at least make it probable. Anyway, the point is this. None of us have all the truth. None of us have that. We are not, it's not possible that we know everything in the universe. And if you don't have the whole story, do you have the truth? Can't. In the same way that this offends people, and I'm not trained to, but we don't have the complete Bible. In Africa, a country that's been a continent that has been around longer than the United States, unless if you believe that America is the old world, and that's another conversation because it still takes us back to this conversation. In Africa, they read out of a Bible with 20 more books, if not more, than we do. This is inspired by God, absolutely. But some of the inspirations that came from God that were in this book originally are no longer there. So we don't know everything. We don't have the whole truth. We don't have the whole story. We don't even have the whole truth story about, and I can sit here and just pick up things and we can talk about the history of women if you want to. There's to, to suggest that Adam and Eve are the very first humans. I don't know if we can do that. I don't know if that's true. Because if you've ever read the book of Lilith, there's a whole other story there. And anyway, the point is that we spend so much time beating each other up. We spend so much time judging people on what they do or don't know. We judge people on what they believe and what they don't believe. And we judge people based on the decisions they've made. All while judging, not realizing that some of the decisions that we're making are probably just as stupid or more ignorant than the decisions they make. But the difference is this. You got your opinion and your belief system from one area. They got it from another. What if I told you they were probably both wrong? And yet you're at war with each other. Doesn't that feel like it's by design? How is it that you have a book with so much bigness in it, yet wars are fought over it? I know the excuses that are given to the public. I know what the excuses are told are that are given by ministers and your religions and so forth, but I don't believe that God really wants us at war with each other the way that we are. In fact, I believe that I'm pretty confident I've seen multiple times in the Bible where it tells believers not to be fighting over doctrine. And here we are, we're fighting over doctrine. So the point of this message is this, and I have no idea how long that took, but I was reading something. It's like it said, Psalm 68, 13 to be exact. I was reading this and it spoke to me pretty loudly and I'm going to get into that. But I want to say this, like I have been very bold for the last two and a half years, screaming at the mountaintops, warning about what was happening and what was coming. Check the receipts. March 2020, Meet the Beast episode. That's all I got to say. If you've seen it, 
I've been warning yep. people, been telling people about HIV, what to watch out for, why not to take things that are being forced on you and so on. I've been demonized for it, been kicked off of every other platform in the world, yet every day, my, what I've been saying gets more true. But the biggest thing I want to say is this. In the Bible, it's very clear about not looking to the left or the right to keep our eyes fixated on Jesus. Why is that? Why? It's because everything else is a distraction. And the only thing the enemy has to do to shut you down and destroy you is distract you. And when I say destroy you, I'm saying get you to veer off to live a life that you weren't created to live. The devil doesn't need to break your legs. The devil doesn't need to scare you. The devil doesn't need to do anything like that. It just needs to distract you. Prime example, one of my biggest distractions, boobs, sex. So when I'm focused and I'm locked in and I'm ready to do everything and everything that God tells me to do, guess what the enemy does? He doesn't have old strip, old tricks. He sends distraction because that's all it takes. Because I get over here and all of a sudden now I'm focused on sex or I'm focused on getting the thoughts out of my head. Now, all of a sudden, I can't hear God's voice. Now, all of a sudden, I can't see the promises of God. I can't see my destiny. I can't even see my purpose. Why? Because I'm looking at boobs or thinking about sex or something else. That is all the devil has to do. So think about media. Think about it. Think about what's on the news channel to news channel. Not only are they saying things that are at odds with each other, but it's also at odds with what they said the week before. Their narrative changes. And they know because they have such a large media budget, media buy, media spend, that they can drown out with bots, with paid ads, with influencers, anything that they choose, they can drown out and change the narratives. They can make the narrative of truth disappear with flooding it with lies. It's so hard to do. You just need the money to be able to do it. China has drowned out any talk about protests that are happening in their country right now. You can't even Google it. Wonder how they did that. We are at war. So there's a war going on, but it's not the war most of us think. It's a war for our soul, and this is happening, and it's by design. There are no good guys in this. What we're seeing play out in the world right now is bad versus evil. I don't care what you say. Yes, there are good guys. Yes, God's children will prevail because the Lord has already won. There's no doubt about that. But it really feels like what's playing out is like some kind of movie at this point. But these choices that we're being told to choose between, none of them are of God. None of them are. So the sooner people figure this out and start living the life that they were created to live. And the only way to do that is by clearing out all the junk man has put there, including yourself. Rage, resentment, anger, jealousy, greed, lies, lust, hostility, all that. It shuts your spirit down. And then fear gets to live there. And then fear gets to serve as your master. We have a world that's in fear right now. But yet, if we're focused, not looking to the left or right, but we're focused on the promises of God, which I believe only get confirmed in our spirit, but if we focus on that, we can't see this and that. And when we focus on God's purpose for our lives and God's promises, then we start to realize that all this is just noise trying to distract me from what I was created to do. Because I can assure you, and I can, I'm willing to bet my life, I have my life on this, but I bet it even more today, that regardless of what happens in the world, regardless of what happens in the world, God's promises for you, for me, and everybody else does not change. It does not change. You can say, I don't believe that anymore. I don't 
trust God. I don't believe in his promises. So I'm going to live in fear and listen to what I'm told by the government, by the presidents, who whatever country you're in, because we have a global audience and thank you. I want to give a shout out to India. The freaking Russians, by the way. Thank you, Russia. India, Russia. I think Paris, I saw Germany. I don't, I barely speak English. So thank you for listening. Anyway, I am excited about that to when you get to see where people are downloading your podcast from. It's, that's neat. I really do appreciate that and appreciate everyone that's gone to joshuatberglund.com and subscribed and is watching this videos right now. But anyway, with that said, so I'm going to read this to you and then I'm going to be quiet. 6813. 6813. Where'd you go? Right in front of my face. Okay. Where do I want to start with this? i start at the very beginning. I don't usually don't like to read out loud, but I'm going to do it. Let God rise up and scatter his enemies. Let those who hate him run away from him. Blow them away as smoke is driven away by the wind. As wax melts before a fire, let the wicked be destroyed before God. But those who do right should be glad and should rejoice before God. They should be happy and glad. I love that part. But those who do right should be glad and should rejoice before God. They should be happy and glad. Sing to God, sing praises to his name, prepare the way for him who rides through the desert, whose name is the Lord. Rejoice before him. God is in his holy temple. He is a father to orphans and he defends the widows. God gives the lonely a home, but he leads prisoners out with joy. But those who turn against God will live in a dry land. I'm going to stop there for a second. That's six. There are so many people right now that are locked up without ever having a trial, without ever being charged. Those of you, look, this is, I know civil commitment is an area that this happens. There's people that have been locked up for getting arrested with cannabis back in the day. And now, of course, cannabis is sold legally pretty much everywhere or some form or derivative of it. Imagine all the people that are making a ton of money right now while others sit in jail for doing the same thing. And here's what's crazy. Odds are that some of those people that were arrested before were actually advocates and fighting to bring medicine to patients. And because I know some of those people too. Yeah, sure, there was some organized crime element and things like that, absolutely. But there was also some petty dealers that were just trying to supply their friends because they weren't feeling well or cannabis was good medicine for them. And it's better than the alternative of what they're trying to give you through the pharmaceutical industry. My goodness, there's been studies for years about how cannabis helps people with bipolar disorder. I have DID and cannabis has been a massive gift for me. And before you say, the Bible says, the Bible also says that everything God made was good. Cannabis is a natural plant. Now, mind you, the gummies and stuff like that they're giving people, I don't know. I lost my 6813. Here it is. You see what they're putting in a lot of these gummies they're taking. I don't believe that's of God because it's mixed with a lot of stuff. It's not made from God. So the argument for cannabis being <laughs> God's plant goes out the window with, with some of the edibles they're making now because they're synthetic. God didn't make synthetic. And if it's not synthetic and you're putting, if it's synthetic and you're putting it in your body, it's not bioavailable. So your body's not going to recognize it. Therefore, your body is going to have an adverse reaction to it. You may not realize it for a while, but there's a reason why organic food matters. There's a reason why good soil matters. There's a reason why completely organic food makes a huge difference. Because any chemical that's put into, and I don't care what percentages that you speak about of it being organic or not, there is nothing more pure than something that's been grown out of the ground by good soil, which is because when we think about being spiritually fed, we want to be good soil. 
We want to have a clean host. In other words, we're soil, we're dirt. So when we're full of anger and rage and lies and deceit, are we good soil to plant in? No. Are we somebody that's safe to bet on? No. I know because I wasn't safe to bet on for years. Why? Because every time something good would happen, I'd go, it's time to celebrate. And then I would haul off on a four-day meth bench. Of course, I did that when I was angry and sad too. So I wasn't good soil. And I don't know anything about farming, even though my dad was a farmer. I don't know anything about farming. But I would imagine that I know when I planted flowers and trees in, in, around my house in areas that the soil may be a little bit sketchy, nothing good grows it. It's what I've seen. But yeah, when I have really beautiful, nice soil, it's amazing to watch a plant grow because with good soil, there's good roots. And good roots, it doesn't matter what storm comes, that thing ain't dying, it's staying there. I know that they talk about this in the Bible somewhere, I don't have it, but it's so true. And when we have good soil, the other thing too, that when we're good here and we're clean here and we repent, when we make mistakes, when we sin, when we ask for forgiveness, when we hurt others, when we make our wrongs right, or at least try to make amends, we're clearing out the bad stuff. We're clearing it out. We're making room for good soil and good growth. And then when we get to that place, when we start to hear the deception and the lies that are all around us, to the left and to the right, we know it's just noise trying to distract us, so it's easy to keep our eyes focused on what's true. I'm pretty sure there's a reason why you see paintings, and if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see this, but when you have the hand right in the middle, right between the chest, here, because it's about alignment, being aligned with God's purpose for our life, and the only way you can be aligned with God's purpose for your life is if you're listening to him and you're not distracted. So there's something to this. I also know that when you're setting intentions, there's something very special about doing it with your heart. I'll go into a really quick story and I'm going to finish reading this. I love, I've told this story before on my old broadcast when I was broadcasting at Word of God Church on the Saturday night services, but I was talking about how there was a, uh, they talked to heart transplant patients and there was like, there was this one where this lady was craving cheeseburgers so bad. And she was a vegetarian. She didn't know why she was like, starving. Like why a cheeseburger? Like every time she saw there was one specific cheeseburger, she lost her mind. Let's just say it's five guys. Cause five guys is. And she craving a cheeseburger. This is a vegetarian. It was bothering her so much. She. When, when she talked to the doctor, somehow they figured out basically the guy she got the heart from ate a bunch of cheeseburgers. And there was another situation that was a little bit more violent. It had to do with death and to do with some of the memories that she, this woman was having. She was having someone else's memories after her heart transplant, couldn't figure it out. Evidently that person was murdered or whatever. The long story short, what this is all means is that your heart has a brain too. Your heart has a very important brain, has a memory. So what gets into our heart matters because it's what's going to come out of our mouth. And you as you, what comes out of our mouth is pretty powerful. Our tongue is very powerful. So what is this, what is this all about? What does this even mean? All I'm saying is, I believe that we know right from wrong just as much as anything else. And I know some people are like, we don't know the sinners that we are, but I think we do. I think we do. I think sometimes we just quit caring because our heart hurts. Our heart is sour. It's been broken. It's been deceived. 
So there's so much more going on between a mind, heart, and soul connection and how those work together. I'm not a scholar. I can't tell you. There's someone else out there that can. But I do know this. If we leave our hearts into the hands of man and we're giving our heart and we're serving with our heart and we're serving man with all of this, we are setting ourselves up to not only be deceived, we're setting ourselves up to be hurt and to have our hearts broken. And while I know we're supposed to love our fellow man, we have zero control over what our fellow man does to us or what they say to us or how they try to control, deceive. We don't know their agenda and so on. So without a clean heart, without a clean spirit, clean soul, clean mind, clear mind, we're going to have no way of knowing what's true or not. So doesn't it make sense to get our own selves right before we go out and try to make everyone else right. Before we start spreading our opinions and beliefs to other people, isn't it right? Isn't it? Doesn't it make more sense to get right and to get clear for ourselves where we can think for ourselves? And I know mind of Christ is important and I'm not disputing that, but I believe that getting our mind right is getting our mind aligned with Christ. And I don't believe that is, I know it's talked about a lot in church, but I also think it's weaponized against us too. Anyway, God is in his holy temple. He is a father to orphans and he defends the widows. God gives the lonely a home. He leads prisoners out with joy. But those who turn against God will live in a dry land. God, you led your people out when you marched through the desert. God, in your goodness, you took care of the poor. The Lord gave the command, and a great army told the news. Kings and their armies ran away, run away. In camp, they divide the wealth taken in war. Those who stayed by the campfires will share the riches taken in battle. The Almighty scattered kings like snow on Mount Zion. Hello, camera. That's the part I wanted to read. Back up. Okay. Let's talk to the camera punching. Those who stayed by the campfires will share the riches taken in battle. So... There's so much more to this, but that's the part that stuck out to me. And here's why. I think some people have taken that verse and they're tying that to Nezra and Jezra, and which is what I believe is the beast system, but that's just what I believe. Who knows if it's true? But the message is this. All of that for this. God's not done with you yet. No matter where you are in life right now, jab, not jab, Democrat, Republican, but whatever the, the communist. I don't think we have any communists that listen. I'm not sure. We have every other. I haven't, I need to figure that out if we have communists here. Anyway, but God bless you all. God has a purpose for all of you. Those of you who have been in the fight, and when I say the fight, you've been in the spiritual battle. You've been doing everything you can to lead people to truth. And I'm talking about the real truth, not opinion truth. And you're waiting on your breakthrough. You're waiting on your blessing. And you're waiting on and all of that. And you, gosh, and you just see chaos all around. In other words, you're in the middle of a storm. I want to promise you that in this storm, there's opportunity. In this storm, there's an opportunity to rise above it. In fact, to use that storm to take you to higher places. I know that Dr. Miles Monroe has a beautiful sermon about the eagle. I'm sure T.D. Jakes does too. This is not a sermon on that. But eagles definitely use the storm to rise above. 
to that safety. They were out of harm's way while all this other crap was going on and they used it to rise above. This is a principle, I believe, and I believe it's a principle the wealthy have been using for a long time when they can profit off tragedy, they can profit off of chaos. Where there's a financial just Armageddon happening, they know how to play the game. They know how to use all that for good. You've heard the term war profiteers, have you not? Okay. There is an opportunity. I believe that there's going to be a financial crash soon. Wait. Any day, any day now, any day, could be a month from now, could be today, could be, if it really went six months, I'd be shocked, but I'm not, I'm not a financial forecaster. I just know the puzzle pieces that are being moved around because I'm prepared for the fourth industrial revolution. So imagine how excited I was yesterday when I heard a commercial from, search with an owl, is it technology? Lumen. Lumen is running fourth industrial revolution commercials. So I'm not crazy talking about this, even though people still don't want to accept the fact that we're moving into a new age, a new era, a new dawn, a new revolution. Now the technology companies are talking about it. And here's the other thing. Here's your other indication that the fourth industrial revolution is here. Layoffs. Technology companies, all of those new hires that the president has been bragging about, all of those new hires were basically people building their replacement and the replacement robots. And I'm not saying they were there physically building their robots, but the labor that was done, the work that was done, they were temporary. They built the replacements were being built during the fourth industrial revolution. I'm sorry, during this COVID season, the last two and a half years. There's a reason why you're seeing people talk about the fourth industrial revolution more. It's because it's here. And all of these layoffs are representation of it. You don't have to believe me or not, but the facts are. Robots and AI are taking more jobs. So that sounds scary, right? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Here's why. There's a reason why on my website, joshuatberglund.com, the way the website is structured is a one-person media organization. You can do that for companies too which really just makes it even more powerful, but you really only need to be one person now. My website is an example of the media company in a box. And that could be done for you. If you are a teacher, if you are a broker in real estate, I don't believe this, if you're an agent, I would get your broker's license. Because if you haven't been paying attention to not only what BlackRock has done, but also Amazon, Bezos, what he's doing in real estate, you should pay attention because real estate agents that have been relying on selling homes, that's not going to be here. That industry is going to change. Teachers. Teachers have the best opportunity ever right now. Teachers. Because the homeschool, because there's going to be more homeschooling than ever. But. Why would you settle for your $30,000 salary when you could go global teaching what you love to teach and take all of your intellectual property and put it out through audio, video, print, apparel, products, courses, documentaries, whatever, whatever's good be podcasts, TV shows, all that's available for you. And what if I told you, you could do it for virtually no money. I don't work for free, but to do what we've done, we did it with no money. Anyone can. I just had the, 
I don't know if it was determination or stubbornness or what, but I just believed in what we were doing. If you're an attorney, your business is going to change dramatically because you're not really going to be needed as much. I promise you when we go to, I can't, I don't want to promise and back that up. I'm willing to bet to do that instead. I'm willing to bet you that within the next three years, there won't be your regular attorneys anymore. I believe that that's going to change a lot. And maybe it already is. I'm not sure. If you're a sales rep, those jobs are going to go away. Why would, why would a company pay for you to be traveling all over the place? It's going to change. Trucking is going to change. Every industry is changing. But here's the best news I can give you, or the demographic that I believe is the most exciting to talk to. Creators, artists, talk show hosts, actors, painters, sculptors, which are all artists, authors, writers. Technically, it's the same thing, but getting the writer community and may change a little bit. Creators, creative. This is your opportunity to shine. They are going to throw fear at every one of you to keep you from seizing your moment. But this is your moment. This is your moment. Screw what you see on TV. Screw the dome and glow. Is there some of it? Yep. Absolutely. Is there going to be more? Uh-huh. Absolutely. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that way for you. I don't care if you are every bit as evil as I was. The same opportunity is available for you. Of course, I believe that God has, is going to do a little special something with evil. But I also know that everyone's going to have the same opportunity. And just like the people that were telling you about the internet and the people that believed it was like the new land run of opportunity, then you had people, especially from the banking system, that were like, yeah, it's just a fad. It's going to go away. You can't live without the internet, or at least it's challenging. What if I told you that you won't be able to operate as a business without media? I've been telling you that, so this is not exactly new, but if you're new to listening, I've been, you can, okay, all of my content. I've been talking about this for a while. There's such an amazing opportunity for, available for everyone because see what's going to happen is you're going to have people that are just glued to their TV and they've been believing everything they've heard the last few years. And they're going to go, oh my God, I lost my job. Thanks for the dream. What am I going to do? I don't know where to help. I can reflect to my family. There's a lot of people saying that. There's a lot of people saying that. There's going to be a lot more saying that. Yet at the same time, forgetting that there is an opportunity available where you don't have to ask permission to do anything. You can get paid to be you. All I ever prayed for in my life, I prayed for this, let me rephrase that. Rewind. One of the biggest prayers that I always prayed was to make a living just being me because I did not want to conform to be what others wanted me to be. Call me a rebellious spirit all you want. And that's fine. But without that rebellion, I would have never found Jesus. And I sure as heck would never have been able to stand in the fire as long as I have. Jesus gave me those tools. My relationship with him did. But you guys have an opportunity. Those of you that have been misfits and outcasts, those of you that are addicts and former addicts, however you want to talk about that, 
whatever belief system you have about being delivered and healed from addiction or whether you're always an addict. I don't care. You can have that conversation by yourself. I don't care about it. Like, I know what I was. I'm not going to give that any power, any more power than I need to. I'll talk about it when I feel led to, but it has zero power over me. You know why? You know why I can do an episode called I Gave Myself HIV? And if you haven't listened to it yet or heard it yet, do it. Don't let the title scare you. It's not what you think and probably a lot more than you think. But I can say that. I can say the truth and no one can do anything to me. Could I get go to jail for some of the things that I did before? Yeah, been there before too. It sucked. Could this get me in prison? Maybe. Maybe, I don't know. But I also know the power of truth. And I also know that the reason why I can walk around with no fear is because there's nothing that can be said about me that has not already been said. I was looking, so in my, in the podcast analytics, because I started over. So I have a whole brand new platform that I operate on. And in those analytics, I can see like pretty much the brand of cigarettes that you smoke. That's the kind of data. It's crazy. The, I can see so much in the demographic side. And one of the things that I can see is how people search to find me. Imagine what it's like to see your name and see faggot next to it or gay or some other word that most people would say would run their career. I'm only hoping that Joshua T. Berglund HIV shows up. Why? I talk about it. I'm not scared of it. And also understanding that I did a lot of bad stuff with HIV. Not like I went through it at little kids and grandmas and stuff like that, but I was irresponsible. Being all effed up on meth and cocaine and other drugs, everything under the sun, not giving any crap about my own life. Do you think I cared about anyone else's life either? No, I didn't. I didn't. I can't change that. The change that I had made is that I actually give a crap about that. Now that's why I'm talking about it because I don't want to be enslaved by my secrets. I'd also don't want to be told like, you can't say that because it'll hurt your career. I'll never forget one of the people that call himself a friend of mine. You know, and I'm not going to say your name. I know you watch too. But I remember when you told my wife that if I quit talking about Jesus so much, that I would be successful. And the reason I'm not successful is because I talk about Jesus so much. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Yeshua. Jesus, Jesus. Five more just for fun. Jesus, Jesus. I love Jesus. That was more than five. Anyway, I don't need endorsements. I don't need sponsors. I have sponsors, but I don't need them. Why? Because I've turned myself into the business. And this is not, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this. Because I know I'm not the only one out there that is a former junkie. I'm not the only one out there that has secrets that being hurt. I know I'm not the only one that's been in jail. I know I'm not the only one with HIV. I know I'm not the only one that battles their sex. Actually, I don't even battle my sexuality. I've embraced it. I've embraced it. Say what you want to say about me. Put faggot, bisexual, AIDS dick, HIV. Sorry to be vulgar, vulgar mom. You can say all that stuff about me because it's been said. It doesn't bother me. You can say that I'm an abomination in God's eyes. That's okay because I really know what God says about me. I know 
what actions are right or wrong. But you know what? I don't have to go to some governing authority to tell me that I'm qualified to preach because I want to be a preacher. I don't need to be a preacher to open this book. And when it speaks to me, say something about it. I don't need permission or your schools or your degrees or anything like that. And neither, and guess what? You don't need that from them either. You get to be what God created you to be. And if you like to imagine yourself is that of one of those angels, you know, the, that are sitting at the bar and they're sitting there and they're smoking a cigarette and they got a whiskey right here and they've been out fighting bad guys. If you ever have those dreams about angels and demons and what really goes on in the spirit world? I don't, I don't know if there's angels that smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey. There's probably not, but I'll tell you this, some of those godlike people I know are pretty savage human beings. Some of the most godlike people I know, they may punch you in the face. They may shoot somebody because they're fighting bad guys. I think our perceptions of good and evil are a little jacked up, but that said, we spend so much time worrying about what others think and say that we let them influence the actual truth about us. We let other people say what is true for us and not. That's not the way it's supposed to work. I'm not a big God's grace kind of guy, meaning that it just excuses you to go put your penis in whatever you want and drink whatever you want. And and smoke whatever you want, and snort whatever you want, and beat up whoever you want. That's not, that's, that's not my, I know. I'm not into that. I'm not into grace that way. But I am into the grace that God gives us to walk out truth. Because you know what? If we cannot trust every single word that's in this book, there's a reason why they say you need the Holy Spirit to understand it. It's because man has corrupted it. This doesn't change how awesome this book is, but we still don't know the whole truth because the whole truth is not in here because the whole truth was taken out. Actually, the whole truth was probably not in it to begin with because the whole truth would require a bigger book. If Jesus lived 33 years, I'm pretty sure he said more words than what were given to us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm pretty confident. So we don't have the whole truth. And with all the contradictions that are in this book, and you can sue me all you want, or you can sue me. You're not going to sue me for saying that. You can bash me all you want. But the fact is, there's contradictions in here. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But then at the same time, we have a God of war. Now, there is actually a really interesting conversation about this. Did I write this one down? This is Judges? Yeah. I have it right here. God and So about war. Because I would imagine you'd have to be pretty pissed off to kill somebody. So if I'm angry enough to kill, am I loving my neighbor? It's very confusing. Right? And I don't have all the answers, but I'm not trying to pretend to. But I am going to point out to the fact that see, we don't really know everything. God employs warfare to show his people how to fight well. Thor's will turn the other cheek. So confusing. God unleashes brutality as a consequence for sin. I can see that. God, let's see what he, he wields violence, protect and purify his people. You do cut off a dead branch. You had a beautiful tree growing, you got a dead branch, cut the thing off. Good pruning is proper. God, through bloodshed, preserves the law of Christ. The line of Christ, actually, it says, God, through bloodshed, preserves the line of Christ. I don't know what the line of Christ is. I'm assuming it's the bloodline. 
that opens up a very interesting wormhole when you get into bloodlines, by the way. God uses barbarism to, what does that word say? Fortify? No, barbarian to the, I write like a drunk third grader. Can you read that? I can't read that. And yet, so I mean, there's all of these opinions and theories. And none of them, they all seem con a contradiction. And I don't, like, God is not a God of confusion. God's a God of truth. And so my final point is if God's not the God of confusion, then why are there so many books of the Bible with so many different hard words to read and understand and the way things are spoken about? You're supposed to study the word day and night. That's great, but no one can read the Bible in one night. And if you read the Bible in one night, you're probably not going to comprehend all of it. But part of the problem about the Bible is we take a verse. Those who are right with God may die, but no one pays attention. Good people are taken away, but no one understands. Those who do right are being taken away from evil and are given peace. Those who live as God wants find rest and death. Come here, you magicians. Come here, you sons of prostitutes and those who take place in adultery. Of whom are you making fun? Whom are you insulting? At whom do you stick out your tongue? You turn against God. You have liars. You have sexual relations under the green tree to worship your gods. You kill children in ravines and sacrifice them in rocky places. You take the smooth rocks from the ravines as your portion. You pour drink offering on them. I don't know. I'm just reading, like hoping to find something that could be taken out of context. But there are some stuff there. There's context. And we take these Bible verses and run them with them. And then we go post them on social media and stick them between our boobs. And for God loved the world, he gave his only forgotten son. Can we really grasping the meaning? Do we really even know how to read the Bible? Do we even know how to understand it? There's so much more at stake here. So my point is, none of us have the authority or the right to start telling people that we know what is right or wrong. Because speaking in absolutes, without knowing that we have absolute truth. Is what? I can think of a lot of things that it is, but I don't believe any of it's good. We have a war. The LGBT community against the Christians. I'm sure Jesus loves it. I'm sure that Jesus loves Islam and Christians being at war with each other, considering, think about where Jesus came from. Think about it. And I love how white people have taken on like the end all be all authority when it comes to all things Jesus, because we have had, because of a marketing Freaking, what is it? A marketing campaign. I forgot that guy's name, that Pope that used his son as the image of Jesus because they thought it was going to be better for the church if they looked white. So the reason why we have the same Jesus paintings or why Jesus looks the way he looks is because it's modeled off of a guy named Christoph. And his dad, like you get into their stories and read about it, you're going, what else are they lying about? So the point is quit allowing other people's opinions become your truth. And the only way that you can get there is by turning off your social media, turning off your TVs, and just getting quiet before God and allow God to speak to you and show you the truth. I believe it starts in the Bible. Yes, I realize that I just said everything I said about the Bible. Remember what else I said. It's the most amazing book ever written. And the Holy Spirit will show you the truth.
and God will at least give you the grace to walk out what you believe is truth and will correct you when you need to be corrected. You don't need someone else's opinion to correct you. That's why we're at war with each other. We are not a unified body of Christ because we're arguing over Scripture. We're arguing over it being the literal word of God, which is the dumbest argument ever. Literal word of God. Literal. Exodus has a lot of words from God. <laughs> Samuel. But if it's a little word of God, how is Absalom talking? He's not. It's not the little word of God. But it's false. It's inspired by God. There's no doubt. But this war that we have attacking other people, other religions, other faith, other sexualities, and just because I am what I am, I, me loving Jesus did not give me an excuse to hate people from, or dislike, or to judge people of a com any community that is different than mine, or for that matter, even if it's part of the same community. I love this war that's happening. I'm watching it play out because it's like my experiences in life give me a vested interest in all of them that are happening. Prime example. What's happening in Russia, in the Ukraine? I, that's one example, the war of the LGBT, LGBT community in the church. There's all kinds of stuff here. Like it's just all of these distractions, all of these wars, this war on law, this war on truth. I have a vested interest in a lot of the things that are happening right now. At the same time, I also realize that my interest in them, in wanting to do something about it, the minute I put my attention over there, I'm distracted from what I'm actually supposed to be doing. Getting off social media was the most important thing that ever happened to me. And really just focusing on media building this way is also the smartest thing. And the reason why is because social media is not going to be there for people the way it is now. Like people that have bet their livelihood on social media being around and to help their business are foolish. I'll never for like, it was an ego death to get off social media, to not have immediate gratification or yeah, the immediate gratification of knowing how I'm doing, being able to go, oh, 10,000 people, 11,000 people, 2,000 people, 200 people. 10,000, I don't have that kind of feedback anymore. Started brand new, started over. No social media, no immediate gratification. I get to find out how I'm doing when I get an email and I get to see the numbers and the downloads and the amount of followers that go up starting from zero. I can see that. And that now is the, it's like, oh, okay, you're on the right path. I'll never regret bailing from all of the other social media platforms, never. And the reason why is because when social media goes away, my ship's built. And all of you have an opportunity to do the same thing. Lost sight of the Bible here and sort of talking about business, but here's, it, it factors in. Because there's a lot of people that believe right now that the world's about to end, Jesus is coming back. And he very well may. I, that could happen. We could see a new heaven, new earth. I personally believe that we're still going to be here. I personally believe that we're going to see the fourth industrial revolution because it's already here, but like where we're just up in it and it's obvious that we're living in that. And I believe that's when the new world will take shape. I also believe to get there, we're going to see some really messed up things. And those messed up things that we see are going to cause a lot of people to fall away. They're, it's going to cause a lot of people to give up and quit trusting God and quit believing that he has a plan and quit believing that he's going to protect us. They're going to say, 
I've been good. I've sacrificed. I've done, I've been obedient. I've done all the stuff that God's asked me to do. Why am I still separate? My first question is, are you really suffering? Really? Or is it just that things have gotten a little bit tough and there's just some uncertainty, but are you really suffering? Like I'm talking to those that have a relationship with the Lord. Or is he still keeping his promises? And I'm asking this because I know what it's like to get impatient with God. And start to go, dude, come on. Like, when's my breakthrough? I've had these visions. All your prophets have come to me. They've made all these promises that I'm going to do all these things and all these great things. And I'm going to blah, 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 blah. You're going to sell the devil inside me. You're going to make the movie. The franchise is going to launch. You're going to travel the world and speak and serve and help people. You're going to have the youth media literacy centers and you're going to blah, blah, blah. And I've gotten caught up. Where are you, God? Why aren't you here for me? Why aren't you taking care of me? I've been serving you. Not realizing that I've been getting taken care of the whole time. God has been with me the entire time and I had everything I needed for that day. That's what he promised. He didn't promise Lambos. I don't want a Lambo anyway. I want a Range Rover, Murder Dow, <clears throat> Bulletproof. Why Bulletproof? This would be awesome to have a Bulletproof car. And I think I'm going to need it. Anyway, God is there. I, one of my favorite forums, I love Reddit. I don't consider Reddit social media. I don't really know what to call it, but I do love Reddit a lot. And I'm in the drugs forum, and you can see my name in comments. And I'm one of the few people that actually uses their real picture and name on Reddit. And I do that for a reason. You can use your imagination wide, but I do it for a reason. And uh, one of the comments I heard, someone made a comment about God not being there for them and God not existing and all that stuff. And it was interesting because it was a response to my comment about how I'd been with, with a chem sex addict and the struggles and the different things that I did. And I talked about how God saved my life, like literally saved and changed my life, rehabilitated my life, everything. But the guy made the comment, like God doesn't exist and he's never there for you. What a joke. And, but here's the thing. When I was screaming out to God, why won't you, won't you change me like you do everybody else? When I was screaming that, he responded to my question because I talked to him. He may not have liked what I was saying because I was saying some pretty awful things, but I did ask him a question and he answered. Now, this whole time, like, where are you, God? Where are you? When's it? When are you going to change me? When are you going to fix me? I guess it starts with acknowledging that he exists. So if I'm walking around and living my life like God doesn't exist and God doesn't matter, I don't think that he's going to show up and talk to me. I don't think the Holy Spirit's just going to go, hey, I'm right here. I know you said you don't want anything to do with me. I just want you to know I'm right here waiting. I don't know of God doing that. So if you're struggling with God, where you don't want to believe he exists, and then you're saying, ah, he doesn't exist because you don't acknowledge him, he may not exist for you. It's not going to exist until you go, you there? Like, is this... What is this, that you have a plan for my life? I know I've said you don't exist, God. I know I've said that you're just a, some, well, like, like a Santa Claus, like you're a myth, a fairy tale, thinking that there's some God that created this planet, made human life. Yeah, there's no God being able to create all that. Anyway, yeah, there's no God. If you are real, I really don't like the way these drugs are treating me. I don't like these things that I'm doing. Like I, I don't really hurting 
my girlfriend, the people that love me. I don't like doing these things, but I can't stop. So I know God, I know God that I know God that you, I've said you're not real. I know you don't, I don't, I know I've said you don't exist. But if you are real, I want to quit. I don't want to, I don't want to do this to myself anymore. I'm tired of hurting people. So if you're real, reveal yourself to me. Show me, show me you're real. I need something. I need someone. I've tr I'm doing it. Tried it my own way. I've gone to all the classes. I've taken all the courses. I've watched all the motivational videos. I've gone to all the meetings. It's not helping. If anything, it's making it worse. I can't stop craving these drugs. Can't stop cheating. Can't stop doing. So if you're real, I need something. Show me you're real. You can have that conversation with God. You can have it. You can half-heartedly acknowledge him. But if your intention, even a small percentage of it, if your intention is to communicate with God or creator, even if it's to see if he's real, I'm pretty confident he's going to show up for you. I don't need to be the one to prove it to you. Let God prove it. But it starts with you. Pretending that he doesn't exist and going through life that way is not going to get God to show up. He may, because God can do whatever he wants. But I don't believe that he's going to even come near you or make his presence felt in your life until you call him. And you don't even have to look up because God's everywhere. He's waiting because he created you for a purpose, a very specific purpose. And I promise you, even though it says in the Bible, I'm not supposed to do that. Let your word be your word. My word is this. God has a plan for you. And it's better than the life that you're living now. Plan for your life exceeds all of your expectations and everything you're doing right now in this moment, period. And all it takes to start down that path is surrender. Surrender. Thank you for watching.